0: Play the movie, you yeah, play! Hello and welcome to Milk Movies, this is episode 4, and we finally have some movie news. Before the fourth episode, I can finally deliver some news. That being said, it's not the best news. Don't think that's a bad thing, though. Um, last week on Twitter, at least that's where I got the news and that's where I was sharing the news, a ton of bombs dropped by Disney and other movie studios, um, with all the movie delays, uh, we were kind of left hanging with, you know, when those delayed movies would actually be releasing. Disney and, like I said, other studios finally came in and let us know, okay, these are the hard dates, these are when these movies are actually going to be releasing, this is what you guys have to look forward to little bittersweet it kind of sucked to have to know we put a date to it now we now we know like okay this is how long we have to actually wait for these movies to come out but glass half full now we know the delays are kind of inevitable at this point um it was just kind of nice to get those those hard dates so we can say okay this many days until the movies come out obviously if everything takes a little bit longer than expected or whatever the case may be those can always get pushed back again we've already seen several movies that have been delayed um not once, but twice as a result of everything changing. Um, So I'll get into that in a minute. Um, Some older movie news, uh, all those release dates kind of came out later in the week. Prior to that, we have uh, some new movies that actually will be releasing and because they're available on streaming services, we'll actually get them. We should get them on time too. Uh, The first one I'm gonna be talking about is Bad Education. This is an HBO movie, I think it's an HBO original. Uh, It stars Hugh Jackman, Allison Janney, and Ray Romano will actually be in it. Um, Like I said, it will be on HBO, so if you have HBO, you'll have access to it on April 25th, just a few weeks away now. Uh, The synopsis for it. Inspired by true events, Bad Education follows Frank Tassone, Hugh Jackman, and Pam Gluckin, Allison Janney, who reign over a popular Long Island school district on the verge of the nation's top spot spurring record college admissions, and soaring property values. But when an embezzlement scheme surfaces that threatens to destroy all that they've built, Frank is forced to maintain order and secrecy by whatever means necessary. I'm pretty excited about this. Um, Their views on it have been pretty solid so far. I believe it's uh, got an 89% on the Rotten Tomatoes website or Rotten Tomatoes whatever. take that with a grain of salt, I guess. I mean, everybody knows how critic scores go versus fan scores, but I'm still excited. It's Hugh Jackman. It's HBO. It's, it's It looks pretty interesting. I believe I tweeted a trailer out from the Milk Movies Twitter uh, last week, or whenever I tweeted that out, so if you haven't gotten to see it yet, highly recommend it. Again, I am excited about this. Absolute worst case, it's at least a new movie that we can watch, so that's something good. Um, like I said, a pretty solid cast, too, so We'll see how that goes, April 25th again for that date. Uh, Another movie that we'll be getting uh, in the coming weeks is Extraction. That will release a day prior on April 24th and that will be available on Netflix. Extraction uh, stars Chris Hemsworth and David Harbour It was produced by the Russo brothers. They did not direct it. It was produced by them. Uh, The Russo brothers are obviously famous for their role in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, More specifically, Avengers Infinity War and Avengers Endgame. We'll see how this works. Um, No trailer for it yet. It was really just a movie poster last week. Uh, It kind of dropped out of nowhere. But the synopsis for this movie reads, Tyler Rake a fearless black market mercenary embarks on the most deadly extraction of his career when he's enlisted to rescue the kidnapped son of an imprisoned international crime lord. I'm really not expecting anything from this movie. I I just kind of think this is going to be an action movie that starts and ends. uh, It's an hour and 56 minutes. I I don't know. We'll, We'll see when we get a trailer. Um... Like I said, I did tweet it out from the Milk Movies Twitter account, at least the poster I did. Um, that really doesn't tell us much, but you can just kind of tell. At least I can tell, or I think that I can tell. It's just going to be a movie that I've seen. We'll see. I'm hoping that it's good. I would I would love to have some good content. But those are two movies that we'll be getting at the end of this month. Uh, a movie that already dropped this month, though, that I was not really expecting. I, I just kind of missed the boat on this one. Uh, Coffee and Kareem. It stars Ed Helms um, it's a buddy cop comedy movie uh, I'm going to review it today I watched it today because I just found out about it today um, Yeah, I'll get into it when I get into the review but it I, I don't have much to say about it I can't say that I enjoyed it too much but I'll get into that in a minute uh, but as for all of those delays and their new release dates um, there are a ton of there's, there's even more that I'm going to read off, but I, I still want to give you guys, um, I guess, the Spark Notes version of it and the main ones that will be released through the end of 2020. Um, for the bigger releases, there are some that I'm going to read off for 2021 if they are moved from 2020 to 2021. There are plenty of other ones. We, I, we even know some of the movies that are going to be released in 2022 as a result of all this. So I'm not going to go that far back. Just going to give you guys a breakdown from, uh, from the top down. I have the first one, Artemis Fowl, will be moving to Disney+, Plus rather than the theaters, and that will be available on May 29th. Soul will be releasing June 19th. Mulan, which we were already supposed to have gotten, uh, will be releasing on July 24th. The SpongeBob movie, Sponge on the Run, will be releasing July 31st. A Quiet Place Part 2, another movie that we were already supposed to have seen, will be releasing September 4th. The King's Man will be releasing September four, or excuse me, September 18th. September 18th, I can't say that. The King's Man, releasing September 18th. Candyman, releasing September 25th, just a week later. Death on the Nile, releasing October 9th. The French Dispatch will be releasing on October 16th. Black Widow uh, is a movie that we were supposed to get, I think, about a month from now. That has unfortunately been delayed until November 6th. Uh, Deep Water will be releasing a week later on November 13th. Raya and the Last Dragon will be releasing November 25th. Please note that is the same date as No Time to Die. That was obviously one of the first movies that um, made their delay public and kind of just got ahead of all this. So that has also been pushed back to November 25th. Free Guy, starring Ryan Reynolds, will be releasing December 11th. Top Gun Maverick will be releasing just before Christmas on December 23rd. Peter Rabbit 2 received its second delay going from April 3rd, which we were just supposed to have gotten, got delayed to August and has now been delayed again to January 15th of 2021. Eternals, as a result of Black Widow and every single Marvel movie being delayed. Uh, Eternals, going from November to February 12th, 2021. I should note, I don't know how this is going to affect all of the Disney Plus shows. Um, obviously, the Marvel Cinematic Universe is totally linked. Uh, the shows are no different. They're going to be linked to the movies as well. It just kind of gives us a new perspective on these characters and a new way to tell these stories. So we'll see how those change. Um, Even with the end credits for a lot of those movies, they have um, those short little snippets, either in the middle of the credits or the very end of the credits, that do tie into these other movies or explain what will happen in the next movie or whatever they go to explain. We'll see how that changes. Um, Again, with all the movies being linked sequentially, or excuse me, delayed sequentially. I don't think it'll really change anything, but I mean, it'll just be interesting to see how those shows and the delays tie in. Ghostbusters, Afterlife, that has been delayed until March 5th of next year. And Morbius, which we were supposed to get at uh, in the fall, I believe, uh, has been delayed until March 19th, 2021. What's interesting about that delay is that Venom 2 was supposed to be released after Morbius, Uh, They're in their same Sony Marvel universe. I don't know how that's going to play a factor. I don't know if they are intended to be linked. Obviously, if Venom 2 has not yet been delayed, I can't help but think that that shouldn't be much of an issue from a storytelling aspect. Uh, Jungle Cruise was set to release this summer with uh, The Rock uh, and Emily Blunt. That's been delayed an entire year to July 30th of 2021. And I should also note that Tenet... Uh, Christopher Nolan is keen on keeping that July 17th release date. We'll see if that sticks. I I would love it if everything was you know, somewhat back to normal and we were able to go back to theaters and we got to see Tenet on July 17th. Again, we'll see these delays have all been inevitable. Everybody's been, for the most part, pretty proactive on getting all these things pushed back. Obviously, they can't put them in the theater, so we'll see about Tenet. Um, But that's really it. Uh, that's a lot of movie delays again there are plenty plenty more i just wanted to give you guys um the main ones or those heavy hitters that are delayed for the rest of this year and obviously some ones that leak into 2021 um i'll keep you guys posted on the news again each episode if you want to keep up to date live more than welcome to follow me on twitter i would actually recommend and ask that you follow me on twitter um I try to stay on top of that the best I can. Uh, last week, I think I did a pretty good job. Those those delays were rapid fire, you know. Everybody was tweeting left and right to let everybody know what was going on. So, like I said, a busy week last week. I can't imagine that any of this is gonna slow down anytime soon. Unfortunately, we can't really talk about the movies actually being on screen. We just have to talk about when they're gonna be coming out, but that's all we have right now. So, like I said, if you wanna keep up to date with all of that live, in real time, visit Twitter, at Milk Movies. And you can check everything out there. Otherwise, that's really all I have news. Uh, like I said, I kind of reluctantly decided that I was going to do the impromptu review for Coffee and Kareem. I didn't announce it in the last episode because I didn't know it was a thing. But we have that in there today. It's at least a new movie. Other than that, I will be talking about uh, Booksmart. I absolutely love that movie. It is on Hulu, um, if you have not yet seen it. And then Hell or High Water, available on Netflix. That released in 2016. Uh, And that will be the third movie that I reviewed to close it out. So, without further ado, let's get into it. The only good that came from me watching Coffee and Cream this weekend was that it reaffirmed my newfound love for Betty Gilpin. Coffee and Cream is rated TVMA. I don't know why Netflix gave it a TVMA rating rather than a standard rating, seeing as how it is a movie. However... Coffee and Cream came in at a whopping 34% full on the milk meter. It was directed by Michael Douse. It is an action and comedy movie. It runs an hour and 28 minutes long, and it stars Ed Helms, Taraji P. Henson, and Terrence Little Garden High. Uh, After those three, obviously Betty Gilpin is in this movie. She's not credited with those top three spots, even though she should be number one because she is always number one. Uh, But I didn't think this movie was funny. I didn't think the action was good, and... The story, despite being kind of, sort of different, it didn't do it for me either. Ed Helms, who portrayed our quirky lead officer, James Coffey, is a very bland version of what he's capable of being. No, Ed Helms is not my favorite actor by any means, but we have seen him be the outrageous Andy Bernard in The Office, and we've seen him play the villain in We're the Millers, and we've seen him play the somewhat sympathetic partial lead in The Hangover. He was Stu. We love Stu. I can't say that a better role uh, Fred Helms or James Coffey would have made this movie any better, but we know that Ed Helms can be funny, and we know that he can be entertaining, and this just, that was not it. Uh, Terrence little high who played Kareem, appears to be a pretty solid actor, especially, he's a kid, um, but I can't say that I cared much for his role in this. Uh, sure, he swore a lot, and he talked about sex every chance he got, but I just didn't find any of that Funny. Nothing that he did, nothing that he said. Nothing hit. Nothing. I didn't think any of it was funny. Again, I thought he portrayed the character exactly how it was meant to be, and he delivered his lines just as well. But that doesn't mean that the role didn't stink, and that his relationship with coffee in this wasn't just weird. As for the story and the setting, it was very clear that it was not shot in or near Detroit once. As a fellow Michigander and a Detroit sports fan, I can honestly say that I did not deduct any points for the Detroit slander in this movie, but you couldn't at least have some B-roll or setup shots from Detroit? I understand that many, if not most movies and TV shows don't actually film where they take place, at least, you know, not all of it, but it felt overly lazy. To have every punchline about Coffee's ex-wife hooking up with athletes from the Detroit teams be the only thing that gave this movie a Detroit setting. Otherwise, as I've mentioned several times already, I just didn't laugh. I let out a soft, nasally laugh when King Batch collected his cocaine and money at the crime scene and eventually got off scot-free, but otherwise, this movie just didn't do anything for me. Similar to Spencer Confidential, another Netflix original, uh, the dirty cop twist in the movie was very, yeah, that sounds about right. And the only reason it worked for me was because it seemed a little self-aware and how not surprising it was. And since Betty Gilpin is capable of anything, apparently, I enjoyed her portrayal of it. Outside of that, I can't say that I would recommend watching this movie, quarantine or no quarantine. Betty Gilpin was awesome as Detective Watts and her supporting villain cast was a decent enough comic relief, but James Coffee was bland and his growing relationship with Kareem it just didn't do it for me. I wasn't miserable watching this movie, but I promise you, I was more entertained by my phone during the 90 movie, excuse me, 90 minutes that I watched this movie than I was by the movie itself. If you need something to watch, if you're bored, if maybe if you're just falling asleep or something. You can throw this movie on, maybe it'll lull you to sleep. I can't imagine that anybody's going to laugh during this movie, but like I said, I wasn't miserable. I'm not going to tell you to watch it, but if you choose to watch it, have fun, I guess. That's that's all I got for you. I say this regrettably. I didn't actually see Booksmart in theaters when it came out. I am happy to say, though, that I like this movie so much that I saw it the first time, just within these past few weeks. I saw it a second time, just shortly after that. I felt like I needed to. Booksmart. Rated R. Uh, it was directed by Olivia Wilde. It is a comedy movie. It's only listed as a comedy, but I, I might even throw a drama in there. Uh, it runs an hour and 42 minutes long. It stars Caitlin Dever, Beanie Feldstein, and Jessica Williams. comes in at a 90% full for me. Why? Because I love this movie. Uh, like I said, I didn't see it in theaters, but that was because I was stuck in my stubborn ways of thinking that, although this movie looks pretty solid, I don't think I'll end up seeing it, but, you know, at least not until I hear what some other people think of it. Sure enough, once Booksmart hit theaters in late May of last year, audience and critics alike very much enjoyed it. You fast forward to today, and like I said, I've already seen it twice, just within the past few weeks. I don't know why I took so long to actually see this movie, uh, I, I don't know if I've mentioned it before, but... Most of the reason that I'm actually starting Milk Movies is because I want to stop doing exactly what happened with Booksmart. I want to stop not seeing the movies that I actually want to see and just get it out of the way. And I want to share my thoughts with the world because I love movies. And I keep holding myself back from just seeing the movies that I want to see because I don't even know why. No more. Milk Movies is here to see every movie and deliver uh, the goods on every movie. Now, Olivia Wilde. She was making her directorial debut for this movie, and she nailed it. She nailed this heartfelt comedy right on the head. Uh, I absolutely loved the friendship and, and the chemistry between Beanie Feldstein's Molly and Caitlin Dever's Amy because it was very believable and very relatable, and I say relatable in the sense that even if you weren't in a relationship like that with one of your friends, you, you still knew people like that, and you still you just, you just still have your best friends. You have those people that you can always rely on that are always there for you, Everybody's got a best friend. Well, what I appreciated most about the relatability of these characters uh, was that even in the fantastical version of high school that this movie and honestly any teenage-focused movie creates, I think that everybody knows a person or two who goes through life uh, quote-unquote breaking the rules and pushing boundaries but still finds that unequivocal success through it all. They're maybe just winging it. They're just kind of lackadaisically figuring things out, but it works out for them. It's frustrating for some, but it's great for others. So whatever, I think everybody knows someone like that. But even past that, I would tend to think that most people can relate to having regrets and taking things more seriously than they should have early on in life. Uh, No, I don't think that kids and teenagers uh, should just go through life without a care in the world. But there's definitely something to be said about enjoying the simple things in life rather than losing your mind over your test scores and where you stand in your class as a whole. Is that fully dependent on your goals and aspirations? Sure. But at the end of the day, what's the harm in one good time? And from what I understood, I thought that was Molly's perspective through, throughout the movie as well with it. You know, what's the harm in one good time, having worked so hard and accomplished so much on her path to bigger and better things. What's the point in missing out on one good time, one final good time. If everyone else, is enjoying it and still following a similar path. You know, she, I believe, was uh, the scene in the bathroom where she finds out that everybody, you know, she kind of considers everyone else to be a screw-up, but she finds out that all these people, they're going to Ivy League schools, they're going to Stanford, they're, they're going to these big-time schools, and why they don't deserve it. They haven't worked as hard as I have. That Sometimes that is how life goes, but, um, you know, even with that, I kind of, I, I just appreciated it the clarity that she had to have that mentality. And it was very fun to watch Molly and Amy work through all that as a team and find a certain level of peace before moving on from high school. Um, Like I had mentioned earlier too, with Molly and Amy's high school being just as quote-unquote fantastical as any other movie's version of high school, I loved the personalities at their high school. It was especially refreshing to see a batch of high school students not include the ever-so-cliche brainless jocks yet still balance the idiocracies of being a teenager mixed with the potential for intelligence again everyone from at least molly and amy's perspective, everyone was an idiot but they have this potential they're they all have something about them that's smart and they can they can do these great things and most movies you just have those cliche clicks of you know you got the nerds you got the the jocks you got the band geeks and the artists and whatnot um This movie was a little bit of everything, but they're all smart. They're all at least capable. And I I like that little, I don't want to call it a twist, but I like that side of the movie. And I do, I gotta cut it off, I do need to give a special shout out to Billy Lord, who is the daughter of the late Carrie Fisher, because she completely stole the show as an absolutely hilarious side character. I don't know that she was necessarily the comic relief, because I, I don't think she was in it enough to be considered that, but she was... Absolutely hilarious. She every time she was on screen had nothing to do to drive the story. It really meant nothing, but she was hilarious. I, I very much enjoyed her in this movie. Uh, and like I, I said before, Booksmart is available on Hulu. I highly recommend it to anyone and everyone. In an era full of reboots and sequels, I thought that this movie was. It, it found its way it as funny. It was relatable and it was easy to watch. It was just a. It was just an enjoyable, entertaining movie. Everybody in it was funny. You could at least relate to something from everybody um, with that I don't I don't know that I would call it the best movie of 2019 but from start to finish I just found myself laughing through Molly and Amy's final days as high school students and I think you will too I think it's a great movie I don't know that it's gonna be everyone's favorite I, again I gave it a 90 which is a high score I don't know that anyone else is gonna think of it in that high regard if you might think higher of it but just a good movie again Highly recommend it to everybody, available on Hulu. Go watch Booksmart. Next up with our rewinds is Hell or High Water. Hell or High Water is rated R. It was directed by David McKenzie. It is an action, crime, and drama movie. Runs an hour and 42 minutes long, and it stars Chris Pine, Ben Foster, and Jeff Bridges. This movie comes in, even a little bit higher than Booksmart, comes in at a 92% fall in the milk meter uh it has an awesome cast it has an awesome story and it's just an awesome movie for me it kind of drew comparisons to no country for old men and that's 99% just because it's kind of a financial crime movie that takes place in texas um but as a result it just it had a lot to live up to and guess what this movie absolutely delivers as always i do hope that you're choosing to follow along with this review because you've already seen this movie, because I don't think I'll be able to hold my tongue with spoilers for it. Now, this movie hit the theaters in August of 2016, and it's available on Netflix. Two other reasons why I hope that you've already seen this movie. It's a couple years old, and it's available on Netflix. But, Heller High Water encapsulates everything that you would want to see from a Texas-based crime movie. It has family. It has cowboy hats. It has trouble on the ranch, Oil, thick southern drawls, guns, and even a little bit of football gets sprinkled in. Now, what really made this movie great for me was the motive behind the crime. Who wouldn't want to root for two brothers sticking it to the bank that inevitably guided their mother's death? On top of that, I loved how we were able to follow the paths of both the Howard brothers and the cops to and through their final interaction, all without a bias. What I mean by that... Is it didn't feel like one side was good or one side was bad, because they were simply just doing what was right for them. I'm fully aware that robbing banks and killing innocent civilians is very much a crime, and it's against the law, but you were still rooting for Toby and Tanner to accomplish their goal and raise enough money to stick it to the bank. In line with that, I very much enjoyed following Officer Hamilton and Officer Parker as they navigated Texas trying to catch the Howard brothers and predict their next step. It never felt like the investigation was easy for them and they were super cops or something, but it's always so exhilarating when a cop or a detective is able to put the pieces together and catch the criminals, even when you're rooting for the criminals. I don't know that everyone was, but at least, you know, I was. Um, I think that's what I loved about the ending of this movie so much, too. Now, it was sad because of Officer Parker's and Tanner's demise, but it was also kind of relieving, for Officer Hamilton's and Toby's resolution, given the open-ended ending—excuse me, open-ended conclusion after Toby's final interaction with Officer Hamilton—the movie just became that much deeper by forcing you to question how the two are really going to handle uh, their new life circumstances. Given everything that's happened, um, obviously Toby got away with it. Officer Hamilton lost his partner, his partner, but he also killed Toby's brother. Um, just a lot going on with the ending of this movie, and it was just, it was very enjoyable from start to finish, and like I said in the beginning, awesome movie. Now, there's a fair amount of setup for the story and strong character development between the four leads that really just kept you engaged from the start of the movie, and it followed up with a conclusion that leaves you, you know, maybe bummed out, but satisfied given, you know, the subjectivity of it or the ambiguity, I should say. Um, there were a lot of different ways you could take Officer Hamilton and Toby's final interaction there uh, at the ranch, but just a great movie. It was I don't want to say it was action packed, but it was action packed, it was intense, it was funny, it was it had a, a lot of everything. It was it's just a very very good movie. Again, it is available on Netflix. It came out in 2016 great it's got a great cast it's a great story it's a great movie i've said it a bunch of times but super recommend this movie to anybody Uh, a 92 is a very high score if it's not already the highest from me but uh, that's all i really have to say about hell or high water it's i don't know if it's a must watch but i i definitely recommend it to most people so uh give hell or high water a watch if you have netflix that's all i have for my rewinds and my reviews uh the news it was nice to have some news again it wasn't the happiest of news but it's something um Follow me on Twitter to get that news in real time at Milk Movies. Again, I stay on top of everything the best I can with trailers, posters, and obviously all those new release dates. So, uh, give me a follow on there. These episodes should keep coming out week to week. Uh, The next episode, if I don't release it early, wink, wink, we'll see if that happens because I definitely meant to uh, have this episode drop early. That didn't happen, but that was a good thing because so much news broke. So, I'll leave you with that. Anyways, the Art of Self-Defense, that came out in 2019. That would be my 2019 movie for next week, available on Hulu. Uh, the other movie that I'm going to be rewinding is Sorry to Bother You, also available on Hulu. I'm excited to uh, excuse me, rewind or review both of those movies, uh, just because they're a little more under the radar. I, I don't know how many people really got around to seeing these movies. Obviously, The Art of Self-Defense just came out, but already available on Hulu. So, other than that, thank you everyone for listening. you know rate review subscribe same thing that i'm going to tell you every week i appreciate everybody listening i'll see you guys next time